Look at us, Tyler. You've got inflamed lungs, and I got plastic surgery. It's been crazy. <laughs> what a time in the medical history of preview review. Exactly. But my plastic surgery wasn't just because I'm vain. It's because I was assaulted. <laughs> well, you know, even if it was, we don't judge. It's true. But, hey, look at us. Two insured podcasters. You'll not love from, to see not, it. not insured from this podcast. You'll love to see it. <laughs> Do you think... Okay, who are the podcasters in the world that... Do, do you think any podcaster in the world has health insurance from being a podcaster? Anyone, like, signed by Spotify, that I'm are sure. Like, or that are, like, yeah, like, probably these, like, like Joe Rogan, or whatever, like... Emma Chamberlain, Pod Save The ones America, that have, like, you know? production companies yeah. over them. I wonder, do you think Forever Dog or Earwolf... That's what I'm do, thinking, yeah, yeah. they give you they insurance? Must. I don't know. I don't know. They don't reach out to us, so we don't know. We're on Preview Review Studios. Yeah. <laughs> Independent... Yes. Local independent podcasting. Yes. It's like I'm imagining like the 91x like local radio oh, commercials. Yeah. Brought to you by listeners like you. Where they're like, we don't, we're not part of this like other like gl- conglomerate. Yeah. yeah. Well, anyway, this is preview review. Yeah, a movie trailer podcast, and guess what? The movie trailers are back. Today we're going to be going to be discussing four trailers for upcoming movies, and we're so stoked to be able to do that because now the strikes the are strikes over. are over, and I'm Ryan, and you're Tyler, and that's right. And we're doing a podcast <laughs> about movie trailers. And we're not missing a beat. We've I think, been here this whole time. I think we know we've how to got do around it. the point long enough. So we it. <laughs> we're going to talk today on today's episode about trailers for upcoming The Color Purple, also Mean Girls, also Self-Reliance, and lastly Argyle. Whoa. That sounds like So them those are all movies coming out over the next couple months. Uh we're closing out the year 2023. The Christmas Day release, The Color Purple, and then we're going to get into some January and a February, early February release in Argyle. Um, so, 2023, I'll just jump in with this impromptu opening question, Ryan. How have you felt about 2023 as a year for movies in general? Oh, as a year for, not as a year for my life? No, not in your life. Oh, okay, okay. I, I feel, feel like recent events are biased. <laughs> and also, I don't want to answer that question, so. I feel like it's a mixed movies. bag for both answers. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um... I think a movie generally, uh, I think we've had a lot of good films come out in 2023, but I think it's been cumbersome, uh, because of the lackluster performance by many of these blockbusters, right? Yeah. Uh, and I think a reason that is, is because of the inflated budgets of the blockbusters. And then we're also having issues with strikes. So it's been a very mixed yeah. bag year, I'd say. Like, yeah. There's a solid Studios hits. are like sen- spending more money to make movies. That aren't but making as much less money. people are going to the theaters because we just had this pandemic that shifted the way people view movies in theaters versus at home. But also, it's and not all the like studios' fault. Like, I hate to be an advocate for them, but like these budgets were slightly inflated. Some of these movies were, like had to be produced during the pandemic, totally. Yeah. Which, or like in the case of like Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning, like they were supposed to film that back to back with the sequel and they were like supposed to keep the budget for both those movies to like one production shoot. But because of COVID they had to split that up and I'm sure the budget inflated for both of those movies. Yeah. I think 2023 for movies has been, you know, there's still some year end watches I need to get to, but it's been pretty solid. I think there's a good lineup of some clear contenders for like best picture and just like really, you know, big cinematic moments like Oppenheimer and Barbie and stuff like that from the year. I thought, 
I guess what I'll say is I think 2023, definitely not a great year for the, like, new blockbuster. MCU is, like, kind of getting dismantled. I think that they're going to have to figure out their shit pretty soon. DC is obviously going in a new direction with the James Gunn stuff, so it feels like everything this year is just kind of, like... Here's what was left on the platter. Let's just sling it out. Like mm-hmm. I don't expect to hear much about Aquaman two once that trailer finally the stops playing. The Lost Kingdom in, in theaters, um, but I will say I think like 2023 was a great year for the like mid level like well promoted movies like those Oppenheimers, like those Barbies, um, just some movies that really got some good traction. I mean. I think the most celebrated blockbuster of the year was like John Wick four, like at the beginning of the year, like everybody loved that. And, uh, but it's not these movies that are coming from these big temple franchises. It's just these movies that are like, when you can tell that the directors and the creators and the actors are invested in the product and not just the multi-million dollar check that they get from signing up for the franchise, it makes a difference when it comes down to the quality of the work. Yeah. And I think like the only outlier in this aspect is, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 3, right? Right. Financially successful, uh, big studio movie, but I think it's the only financially profitable movie that Disney released this year. And that's because it has, like, this creative vision behind it and because it is different, right? Yeah. Because people understand that based on, like, the even though it is part of the greater MCU, it's, like, this own mini micro-series, right, inside of it. But, like, people still want to go see that thing. So, like, people want to go see things like where there's a strong visionary voice is what it yeah. seems to be like but like you say that and then like you look at things like asteroid city or the creator mm. right not huge hits the creator like made on a small budget so it made its money back but still not like the huge hit that you thought it could be uh asteroid city like i've been seeing some weird backlash on it on like twitter slash x right now people yeah. are saying it's like one of the worst movies of the year and i'm like have you Asteroid seen City's some like of a, these movies? It's like people are so polarized by it. But yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's I mean, a weird critical year. success aside, like I think I've enjoyed a lot of really great movies. I think this has been a really good year, particularly for horror. Uh, I think Talk to Me is, it's my number two movie of the year. Nice. It, it's fantastic. But then it's also but been also a really we had, uh, like, struggling year for horror where a lot of people went and saw and loved the Five Nights at Freddy's movie. <laughs> Well, yes, but it's, even just like, it's not a good I mean, movie, in guys. my top 20 of the year already, mm-hmm. or even, I guess still, is like Megan, Knock at the Cabin, Evil I'm Dead Rises, again? Scream 6, Infinity Pool, Talk to Me. Like, I, I as a fan of that genre, I'm just really stoked for some of the stuff that's coming out. And you can tell it's making an impact because there's already like a bajillion trailers for like new horror movie concepts next year that are already yeah. in, in theaters like horror night is... swim and imaginary and like all these other yeah. like blumhouse type and horror is always like an at least an interesting genre to me because they can make these movies on such a small budget that they can have a huge box office return and i think that allows the directors and the creators to be able to play a little bit more yeah which totally. is very fun yeah uh for me i think this year a genre or like a not a genre, but like a medium that stood out to me is like animated films, right? Oh, yeah, like we for had sure. Spider-Verse. We and had Ninja, Ninja Turtles. Uh, Ninja Turtles. We had Elemental. We had yeah. The Boy and the Heron. We had Suzume. Like, all of these great films. Uh, I wouldn't list Wish among the great films of animation this year. But it year. was an animated film that came out this year. Exactly. Uh, Just but, like Five Nights at Freddy's is a horror movie that came out this see, year. Uh, Mario, it's a, it's a wonderfully watchable film, and it made a billion dollars. Yeah great yeah way to go way to go um not to spoil anything for our previewee series coming up soon 
Not that it would because our nominations are completely randomized, but randomized? what is your we just number one movie out yeah. of the bag? What is your number one film of the year right uh, now? Currently, right, as it stands, uh, it's December seventeenth, so I still have about half a month left to go see movies. Yep. Uh, number one. Alexander Payne's The Holdovers. Oh, okay. Nice. I, I haven't gotten to that one yet. I'm hoping to catch it on digital soon. It's so good. Because I missed it. But I, I hear it. it's like a Christmassy movie, it's so I feel like it'll be, it'll be great movie. to watch in this season. I have no clue why they started rolling that thing out in late October. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It feels like it should have come out around this time of year. But I mentioned Talk to Me is at number two, but my number one of the year so far that I don't know if it's going to change, I think it would take a lot to shift this, um, is Martin Scorsese's Killers of the Flower Moon. That movie blew me away i don't think i've stopped thinking about it since i saw it i kind of want to watch it again but i also it's a big time commitment but i went into it not knowing how i would handle that like three and a half hour runtime and i was like hooked to the entire time it's like watching a boiling pot of water like there's tension underneath the surface of every single scene um and it just it's brilliant i i loved it yeah both great films i love talk to me i love killers of the flower moon uh i also love the holdovers and I mean, you said you're number two, so I'm going to say my number two. Okay. Is Spider-Man Across the so Spider-Verse. So good. That's in my top five. It's too. so great. Killers of the Flower Moon, I think, is in my top five. If not the top... Yeah, it's in the top five. Uh, so, yes. Talk to me in the top ten. Barely missed out. There's okay. been some new releases that you haven't seen yet that all I've right. put in the top ten. All right. I'm excited. I'm excited to hear more. Um, all right. Shall we jump into the first trailer on today's episode, Ryan? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, this is The Color Purple, the second film adaptation of the novel by Alice Walker. Mm. Um, Ryan and I were talking a little bit off mic. I I had seen the Steven Spielberg, the original adaptation, film adaptation, a long time ago. I don't super remember it, but I read the book by Alice Walker more recently in a women's lit class in college. Um, and it's, I mean, the book is just wonderful. It makes you laugh and cry and all the things. Lots of really great, um, just heartfelt emotion in that book. Um this new adaptation is an adaptation of the Broadway musical that is based on the movie slash novel. Mm-hmm. So this show played on Broadway for years, and now uh, we're getting the movie adaptation of that musical telling of this story. Uh, this film comes out on December 25th, Christmas Day. It's directed by Blitz Bazawule, who is a Ghanaian uh, filmmaker and uh, music producer, musical artist, um, who's known for directing the like visual companion to Beyonce's uh Lion King the Gift, which is called Black is King on uh, Disney Plus. If you ever saw that, like it's like a visual companion piece to this. Like I haven't seen it. Is it like uh, when you were on uh, like your iTunes in like 2007 and you put iTunes Visualizer and it did weird little things? Yeah, well, it's like you know how like when Beyonce did Lemonade, it was released as like the HBO special with like all these like video like cinematic pieces. Yeah, uh, like the songs played, but um, like a giant music video. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of like that. Okay. Um, the musicals and the music are all oh. very like. Is Beyonce in together. it, or is it just like yeah. all? Oh, okay, yeah. okay. Um, it's not the Lion Nala, <laughs> but um, I think that'll be cool because obviously this person with a musical background is directing not just a movie but a like musical movie. Like yeah. that'd be very cool because he knows how to capture this like musical elements and like dramatic elements at and the same time. Just jumping in real quick, to me it makes way more sense for uh, this movie to be brought to us from a black filmmaker than a Steven filmmaker Spielberg. named Steven Spielberg. But Steven Spielberg still made sure to get his producer credit, like, title card on oh, this yeah, trailer. Yeah, yeah. And Oprah was there, too. Oprah was there. Yeah. I mean, I, I get Steven Spielberg making Schindler's List. Yeah. I don't really get him making The Color Purple. Yeah. But it was the 80s. We'll let you it know. slide. Like, you know. He was known for, like, 
directing these like dramatic pieces. But also so. like when I think of Steven Spielberg, I think of like his flight and his whimsy, like E. T. and like uh like what other like Indiana Jones about or stories about like like oppression <laughs> and abuse injustice right? and yeah. Um, so interesting choice, Universal in the eighties, but I think he got like some sort of nomination, either best picture or best director yeah. in the eighties. And Oprah won for that, right? Yeah, Is that she won her Oscar for that. Yeah. So I'm excited for this film as well. It stars Fantasia Barino, Taraji P Henson, Danielle Brooks, Coleman Domingo, Corey Hawkins. Her, uh, Halle Bailey, uh, and Andrew Ellis. And this cast is stacked. Uh, I'm really excited yeah, because I am not familiar cast. with this story. I haven't seen the movie. I haven't watched or I haven't read the book. I haven't seen the musical. Yeah. So in my mind, this just looks like, oh, look, a fantastical like story. Or not fantastical, you know, like fantastical musically, right? But it kind of but, does because they're able to delve into like, there's so much imagery of things in this movie that are things that... In the book, it's just like Seeley's imagining these things of like, oh, so oh, the stage or like things like that, right? And so, what's cool about the movie is we get to actually visualize the stuff that in a book is just like in your brain. She's uh-huh. and, and even in the book, it's not just like I have to picture it because I'm reading the book. It's like in the book, it's just it's in the character's brain in the book. Okay, so it's bringing those things like those inner thoughts to life. So there is that element of fantasy and like it's truly this kind of like epic fantasy story because it's about these sisters that are like separated and then reunited and. Like, this epic of, like, history over time. So, okay, uh, here's what I think the story is based on the trailer, and you can uh, tell me if I'm right or wrong, Tyler. So it looks like there's these two black sisters, and I think it's, like, the, like, late 1800s, early 1900s in America. Uh, They get separated somehow, and one of them ends up marrying an abusive man and she tries to get out of that relationship and the other one like goes on and runs like a crazy nightclub in the swamp maybe um and then they like end up going to broadway i think um but they also have to fight injustice along the way and maybe there's abuse going on with that husband Mm. that is that's what i see in this trailer i i think that there is there's a lot of truth in that assumption. Okay, okay. So I don't want to like say no spoilers, but I will say I think this, like I said, there's a lot of emotion in this novel, and I think it carries a lot of like the the novel is a story of love. It's also a story of very toxic relationships and domestic violence and abuse. Right? There's a lot of story of like heartbreak and suffering and being separated from people that know and love you, and also like reunification and like hope and things like that and so it holds a lot of and there's stories of injustice and being like broken down by society and also like empowerment and finding freedom and so there's like a lot of holding this like both and and like find it's about these women finding their place in the world amidst all the like brokenness but also like all the good stuff too okay so that's why you see kind of this back and forth between like it's oh she's getting yelled at by her husband and then she's like dancing in glorious, glorious in this, dress like, right dress exactly yeah because yeah, it's holding all of that together so and that's hard to show in like a two and a half minute trailer it, the, well like while said, also the, hiding the, story that the fact spans, that this is like, a musical the story spans years years and years and years so i don't i don't even know how to make a trailer but yeah it does kind of hide the fact that it's musical i mean it gets it says it's like oh we're a new a new, a new take on it and it shows characters singing and they're singing in like the regular novel and everything too but um I don't know to what extent. I think this trailer does the best extent of the others that we're going to talk about of like illustrating that it's actually a musical. Yes. I haven't seen Wonka yet. 
But it's a it's a secret musical too. It's a too. secret musical. Apparently, people go in not knowing it's a musical, and the first scene is a song sung by Timothy Chalamet, who's not known for singing, mm-hmm. and I think it throws a lot of people off. And Hollywood has recently been trying to hide that some of these major motion pictures are yeah. actually musicals. Yeah, we're going to talk next about the Mean Girls. They got it in their head like... that people don't like musicals. Oh, it's a hundred percent like a response to like targeting like test audiences or something that say like we don't like musicals or whatever the, but even the what are you gonna do if they buy a ticket i guess they don't care if you walk out there's a musical because you well, already bought the ticket well like but... at what point like do they get refunded like who eats that is it the theater or is yeah, it yeah i don't know like i don't know or is it just like i don't know i don't understand the point of tricking your audience but you know what else this was another example that i just was so beyond flabbergasted jump scare musical was leo the animated Adam Sandler lizard film on Netflix. Oh, I haven't seen. I that turned one. that shit on within two minutes. There's an a, not even like a not even like a cover like a jukebox situation like an original musical what? song in that movie. I've seen the trailer. There's for that. multiple. It doesn't look like a musical, but I mean, I feel like it's a little more reasonable when it's an animated kids film, right? You're like, okay, I guess an animated kids film has songs, but when you're going in and you're like, oh, it's like a remake of Mean Girls. And it just looks like they updated it for the 21st century. Mm-hmm. Oh, my name is Regina George, but in a song? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I'm. It's just a weird phenomenon I guess, that I guess Hollywood's for, like, trying because out. Because I'm aware of like the Color Purple like musical adaptation and the Mean Girls musical adaptation. Like I understand like what they're going for with this. But it does feel like the general viewer does not... like Is being duped a little bit. And I definitely was duped for a while with Wonka. Oh, I would have had no idea until, like, other people looped me in that was, like, that was another musical. So, the reason, the first time I found out Wonka was a musical was through a meme, Tyler. It was a a Liz Lemon talking to Jack from 30 (laughs) Rock meme. And she was talking about how, like, oh, I'm so excited for the new Mean Girls musical. And he's like, no, we're not marketing it as a Mean Girls musical, Liz. We can't do that. It's called Wonking. Yes, it's called Wonking. She goes, that's a musical? He goes, don't let that get out. (laughs) So, yeah, it's insane. Uh, I think we're transitioning to the Mean Girls trailer. I mean, it's all we're all talking about the same thing here. So, um, just to to give it a quick overlay, Mean Girls, uh, but the A has a song note in the... And that's title. how you know, that's it's, a how you know it's a musical. This comes out on January 12th, 2024, directed by uh, Samantha Jane and Arturo Perez Jr., who I have no clue who these people are. I googled one of them and they said they were like a Tumblr blogger. Yeah. So that's interesting. Uh, well, that is, you know... Uh, Their directorial debut. You gotta start somewhere, right? Y- yeah, you gotta, you, gotta, you gotta start building your career from the ground up. This stars some of your favorite, uh, you know, up-and-coming Gen Z stars for Ooh. this... Uh, for this era of movies like Angry Rice, oh, from uh, Spider-Man. Renee Rapp, Ali E. Cavallo, Christopher Briney, and then we've got Tina Fey and Tim Meadows coming back from the original Mean Girls uh, reprising their roles. And then Jenna Fisher's coming in as uh, Katie's mom, Busy Phillips is playing Mrs. George, and John Hamm is there, as, of course, as Coach Carr. Yes. Well, honestly, I see Tim Meadows in a trailer and I'm just sold, even though he's already done this role. I think my uh, like love for Tim Meadows has only expounded throughout my lifetime, and it peaked when we saw him on stage at an improv show. Surprise guest Tim Meadows. Yeah, Tim and Meadows now- is hilarious, and I mean Tina Fey's so solid. Like she knows what she's got with this material. Yes, and it it 
it's weird because it says it's not your mom's Mean Girls, but it feels like it's marketed towards the people that grew up on Mean Girls, right? Oh, interesting. I feel like it's they're they're trying to market it towards like the younger audience today with like these like getting Renee Rapp in there and like stuff like that. I like guess, trying like, to sell it to the younger folks because I think people like in our age range are going to be like, why do we need another Mean Girls? We already have like the like I already watched Lindsay Lohan one over and over again, right? But this is for a new generation, Ryan. A new generation that needs to be tricked to go see a movie musical. I guess. I mean, I look at it and I, before I, like, I knew it was a musical the whole time, but I was, like, baffled that they were hiding it. So, like, trying to put myself in the shoes of somebody that didn't know it was a musical, I would just think, oh, it's, like, another remake. Like, we've been doing this whole, like, past 15 years. Yeah. Where we got Beauty and the Beast remade. Where we got, like, yeah. you know, The Lion King remade. Where we got... Charlie and the Chocolate Factory remade from Willy Wonka, right? Yeah. Even like back with the Johnny Depp version. Yeah, true. And people like, there's like always a crowd of people that are like, oh, I saw the old version and I'm excited to see the new version. Yeah. You know, and to me it's like, oh, that's why Tina Fey and Tim Meadows are back. It's like, it is new, but look, we'll still hold your hand like older yeah, millennial that, sense, that loves this movie. Um, and it's like, it, look, there's some new jokes like, uh, still the same dumb characters. TikTok is still is a thing in this one though. Like they're trying oh, to modernize it, right? So that's why I think it's like, maybe do they feel like the high school experience from whatever, like two thousand four, whenever Mean Girls came out? Mm-hmm. Like, does that feel like it's dated now and they need to like revamp it? Because that's the beauty of the Broadway show is like, I think even while that has run, like they can evolve the like references and things like that yeah. over time. And so maybe, the, but this is just no, going to be another installation that like. Now when you make it a film, it's permanent. And, like, now this is, like, this point in time. And it's not, like, if the show ran on Broadway for 20 years, they could, like, adapt it and change it and evolve as, mm-hmm. like, apps change and things like that. Yeah. But now it's, like, still going to be a, you know, finite period in time. Which I think is cool. Uh, just, like, having a time capsule like that. It's interesting. Like, back in the day, like, in, like, I don't know, 20s to 60s, right? Movies didn't get remade as frequently, but that's because they weren't as easily accessible, right? Yeah. So they're like, oh, you haven't seen this movie? We're going to re-release it every like 12 years or something like that. Or even less than that. So then you see the same movie going back to the theater. Like that's how you rewatch movies. You couldn't like go to Netflix. You couldn't go buy yeah. a DVD. That you like had to go back and buy a ticket that way. And I feel like remaking movies is kind of our new way of doing it. Yeah. That, right? <laughs> you get like a similar story, but it's just like... It's yeah. a new version but it's okay, you know exactly what you're getting, except for if you don't yeah. know that it's a musical. Well, I, so I've seen the Mean Girls musical. I saw the like touring production here when oh, it you came. Saw it. Yeah, and it's like okay. I don't know. I wasn't like blown away by it. I like the original Mean Girls movie, but I think that's mostly because like I know all the jokes and I think like it's I like have like nostalgic, this nostalgia right? for it. Yeah. But I also think like it's a really well written comedy. Like I think mm. that there's a lot of good qualities about like for its time was really smart and like witty. And, like, efficiently kind of critiqued and pulled apart, like, the parts about high school and, like, high school social classes and femininity and all that stuff. Pulled apart all that stuff in a way that was super smart. Like, it, it helped teenagers, I think, understand, like, when you're an adult, you'll see how all this shit is, is this fucked up, right? Mm-hmm. And I think it did that in a really cool way that, like, now generations like me have seen this movie and, like, know a little bit more of how to handle, like, awkward things like that in life at least i like to think so yeah and then, um, then some people from our generation that grew up with this movie just go uh glenn coco you go glenn coco <laughs> funny line yeah but 
you know, I saw the musical and I was like, okay, I get it's a similar story. I mean, it's almost the same story, but they just change up some of the story beats a little bit. But it's just a new way to kind of tell the same story. And, you know, it allows these characters like that have maybe been sidelined to come in and do like a song that kind of gives them a little bit more emotional depth. And so that's what I, I think will be kind of cool about it is be able to see some of that like stuff that's more fleshed out because in a musical you can kind of just like give a character four minutes to sing a song about how they feel inside and it feels normal and that would be weird in like a normal movie to have them just talk about how they feel for four minutes you know and i feel like that makes sense for a stage show right but inevitably when you bring a stage show back to the big screen right the silver screen you have to trim it because these musicals are way longer than a normal movie length yeah so like part of the coolness of like getting to delve deeper into those characters i wonder if that like that's the first thing cut when that's you adapt true. it back yeah. to the screen and that's kind of why i say like you had success with the movie you had success with the show as a show i don't know if we needed this like third step of like bringing the show back into a movie you know what i mean i guess but i do like for people like me who's never seen the mean girls musical i've always been interested in it yeah so but- this is a cool way to see it but like, I here's also my question: feel, Would you rather well, watch this like movie adaptation of the musical, or would you rather if I was like, a there's shot? a pro shot of like the Broadway musical in its entirety? That's interesting because I did just go see the pro shot of Waitress, uh-huh. which was really good, and I didn't realize it was a movie that was turned into a musical until after I left. But I don't know. I didn't feel like I missed anything from like not seeing the movie version. I feel like there is a little disconnect when you're watching a pro shot that's filmed and you're not in the theater, right? So I think it's cool that there is a movie adaptation of it. I don't know, honestly. I feel like I would rather watch... A, I kind of want to watch both. I want to see, see the Mean Girls pro shot and I want to see the Mean fair. Girls movie musical adaptation. So I don't know. I just like having options. But that being said, I don't necessarily think every musical that gets a pro shot needs a movie adaptation yeah that's like true. i don't need to see hamilton the movie well it's gonna happen i've seen the pro shot i think i'm good i like hamilton i like it a lot i, I haven't listened to it in a long time but every once I in a while i'll hear a tiktok and it has the sound of like i'll never be satisfied i think like, hamilton is actually like one it. that i would be interested in seeing a movie because i feel like production the stage production is very cool but it is also like very minimalist like yeah we've got the table rotating and you got like the some props coming on and off but it's very like loosely interpreted in terms of like mm-hmm. the scenes about like war and like or even like being in the senate floor and like it would be so sick to see like a movie where they're doing the cabinet rap battle but it's actually happening in like on the Congress senate floor or, whatever. or i don't want to see that other video that was on the senate floor no um but what or, kind of you shots know, are they going to take or, there? Or the, <laughs> or the like revolutionary war scenes and stuff like that, right? Like, I think that there's so much you could do dramatically with the setting, right? Yeah. But I'm like, to me, it doesn't matter. Like the Mean Girls stage adaptation, like they put the desks and lockers on the stage, and I'm like, that's basically where they filmed the movie. Like it's the yeah. exact same set. <laughs> but th- as we talk about it more, it makes me realize like I've seen Les Mis multiple times, right, with different production studios, and each one kind of brings its own like ideas of like how i'm going to perform this song or how we're going to decorate the set or how we're going to do our stage design and that's kind of cool and i i don't know now i'm just kind of seeing it as this movie adaptation is just another version of that you know what i mean so it's weird that it will live on as like Mm -hmm. maybe the definitive version of this or like at least a definitive version right when like 
so many of the local productions or like the one you saw at like yeah. what the civic right or something yeah. like that was different than the one they had on broadway totally. and you'll never see the broadway version but you've seen the civic version and i'll never see the civic version yeah you know so these just get lost to history and this one will be cemented it's yeah. kind of an interesting well that, way and that's what's about cool it. about live theater and so i get like okay maybe it's not enough for people that want to listen to the soundtrack of this these musicals like even like let's loop in color purple again too like mm -hmm. I could listen to the soundtrack from either of these Broadway musicals, and it's probably great. But like, I'm never gonna gonna like be able to sit in that theater and see that experience. And so, it is cool in theory to be able to experience it on the screen. And I think it just comes down to once we see it, whether we feel like it captured like can a film capture that same kind of energy and like I don't even know just newness and like specialness of a live theater adaptation. Yeah. And it's interesting uh, going back to like when I saw waitress, I feel like that pro shot actually did capture the emotion for some of the people in the audience. There was one woman in the waitress audience that I was with who like, if you're not familiar with the musical, part of it is like about this woman trying to leave her abusive husband. Right. And, this woman in the theater like breaks down, like sobbing, like hard, oh ugly crying. And then the next song starts and like the only thing she could do was like sing along with it. Like she knew this musical and that was like a form of catharsis for her yeah. somehow. At least that's how I interpreted her reaction. I didn't that's talk cool. to her after. So I think that's really cool to show the power of theater and then the power of yeah. these pro shots and the power of the movie theater even. Yeah. So if that, if, if Mean Girls the Musical can do that for one person, I'll be happy. Yeah. Well, Tyler, um, speaking about all these movies that turned into stage shows, uh, you know there's quite a bit of them, right? There are like, quite a few. So, but are you familiar with all of the music from all of these movies Absolutely turned not. musicals? There's no way. Well, perfect, because I've made a game. I'm not even one that loves to, like, listen to a Broadway soundtrack for a show that, like, I haven't seen before. Really? Like, I still haven't listened to stuff. Like, I know I've heard really good things about, like, Hades Town, like, stuff like oh, that. Okay. I've never listened to any of that music, because, like... My goal is to like always to see the it. show mm -hmm. and then I will know the music from the show and I can be like, oh, that's back and revisit kind it. of that story. Beat. The only, I did make an exception for Hamilton because I felt like I was never going to get to see Hamilton until I like, well, we found sorry, a bootleg in college. I listened to all the music. That? that was fun. Uh, <laughs> uh, and that is also a little better because you can listen, like the music is basically the, the story. story. It's not like you're missing scenes in between or whatever. Yeah. And I think it's different depending on the type of musical, right? But Tyler, I've created a new game for you. Okay. To test your Broadway knowledge. Oh, goodness. Since you just told me that you don't know anything from Broadway if it's a musical you haven't seen. I mean, that's not true, but okay. <laughs> well, Tyler, in this game, I'm going to play a song from a musical. But that musical isn't just any random musical. It's a Broadway musical that was once a movie. So it's okay. an adaptation of a theatrical film for a musical audience. Okay. And you will then tell me what movie or what musical do you think this song is from? All right, let's do it. All right, Tyler. Let's go ahead and start off with the first song. Listen up, people. Apollo is having a vision. I see a life-size lady with her teeth. You're digging it. I see an Uncle Sam and he's black like me. Are you digging it? I'm digging it. We find a white local fighter and I'll be all his. If that ain't American, what is? Red, white, and blue are doing this. Patriotic. Patriotic. 
I'm trying to pick up on some like names. Apollo's having a vision, so I'm assuming that's a character's name. But I don't think it's like a Greek god because they're talking about America, mm-hmm. Uncle Sam. So is this like a Rocky musical, like yes. Apollo Creed? This is from Rocky on Broadway. I didn't even know that was a musical. <laughs> I love that. It's called Patriotic is the name of the song. And it's talking about how he wants to, like he's building up this idea. He wants to fight an all-American hero. And he's, before yeah. they pull Rocky out. So yeah, very fun. Good job. All right, time for the next one. It's time. Fulfill my purpose in life. We are born with a destiny. It's very generic so far. It's time to accept my calling to go on a ravenous demon killing spree. Killing demons. Is this? Is there like a Ghostbusters musical? No. Oh. Is this like an Ash versus the Evil Dead musical? It's called the Evil Dead musical. Is that really a thing? Yes. I the original cast recording of Evil Dead the musical. Wow. Yes. I didn't know it was a thing either until I started researching for this game. So good That's job, Tyler. Bonkers. You got it. Very fun. All right. Here we go. Ready for the next one, Tyler? You make it sound so easy. I, I just wish I wasn't so scared. I'm scared? George! Buddy, there's nothing to be scared about. Just remember when you walk, take it slow. Like you're someplace only you can go. And when you talk, don't be loud. Friends are fine, but don't be part of the crowd. And don't be in a hurry. Even when you're running late. Okay, I heard the name George. That's the only helpful thing I've had so far. Oh, is this has to be... Is this the Back to the Future musical? This is the Back to the Future okay. musical. Nice. Nice work. It's when he's trying to give a pep talk to his dad, George Right, McFly. George McFly. Okay. Yes. Perfect. All right. Um, let's see. You got you got some more in you, Tyler? I got some more All for right, you. let's do it. Oh. Interesting. Musical palette. Oh yeah, the Christmas Story musical. Yes, <laughs> you watched this one on TV, right? Yeah, I saw the live one. <laughs> awesome, nice work. What's his face as the dad? The dad. All right, let's see. Um, let's go ahead and do. I have a couple more here. Just let me know when you're tapping out. Okay, I'm good to go. You could use a buddy. 
don't you want a pal? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. This has to be Beetlejuice. Yes, this is okay. Beetlejuice. No, you, Just the voice. Yes. I can tell the Alex Brightman voice. <laughs> exactly. All right. I love that. I, that's another one. I would love to see that show. It's so fun. But I don't want to listen to the music without seeing the show. I feel that. I feel like I'm going to spoil it a little bit, you know? All right. Here we go. We got... Uh, I think I have two more. I know Someone this already, but I'm letting it play because I like Someone the song. This is Legally Blonde, the musical. Dead. Have you seen this musical? No. You just know the song? Well, I just heard Warner. Warner? I know, yeah. Okay. But you can tell from her. Yes. Actually, wait. Have I seen... I think I have seen like a pro shot of Legally oh, wow, Blonde, musical. Because I feel like I've... I'm, if maybe not the whole thing, but maybe like a, a song or two from it. Because I've definitely seen the whole... Do you know the like the opening song of that? It's like... um. Oh my god, oh yeah. my god, you got it's so good. So I've definitely seen like that. Okay. But, but yeah, a lot of movies have been turned into musicals and I had no I clue. didn't know the Evil Dead one truly took me out. <laughs> I had no idea that even existed. And Rocky. Right? The last few I knew about. So I know. I Oh just, my god. I was just like, what this. what movie is this? <laughs> well, um, I mean I've been trying to catch up on everything Evil Dead, Tyler. I've, so you got to have to go watch this to my list now. I've seen the original trilogy and I've seen almost all of the stars show. I still need to see the 2013 movie, but now apparently I also need to see the musical. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna have to add that to your list for sure. And I've seen all the Rocky movies now, so I have to go see Rocky in the musical. Yeah, I'm actually kind of excited to see what that's like. I looked through some of the list and like Flying High now and Eye of the Tiger are on that track. Oh list. my gosh, that's <laughs> so funny. I love that. Alright, well, our next trailer that we're talking about today is not a movie musical. As far as we know, I would Maybe it's a this surprise. would be crazy if this one was. Um, Self-Reliance is coming out on January 12th, and this is a directorial debut from the actor Jake Johnson. Yeah, and, and it's going uh, straight to Hulu. He, he also stars in the movie alongside Anna Kendrick. He also wrote the movie. Andy Samberg, that's correct. Christopher Lloyd, Mary Holland, and Natalie Morales. And the premise of this is basically Jake Johnson gets is your average everyday guy that gets roped in by celeb actor Andy Samberg, who's playing like a fictionalized version of himself um, into being part of this like dark web series where like these people hunt random strangers to the death. For but points. They can't be killed if they're with somebody. With somebody. They can only be killed if they're alone. And so then he and Anna Kendrick like try and team up and like Cause they're we're going to win players. together because if we both survive we like get a million dollars or whatever. It's like the Hunger and Games. so, yeah, but they, and, they have to survive together and they're going to eat the berries. Oh, yeah. I guess that's true. You know what? <laughs> I love it. Let's bring back Honestly, dystopian fiction coming back in a big way. Back on the rise. But, um, yeah, this looks like fun and funny and also violent and strange and like weird in a lot of different ways but i think it's cool i like that there's like this invented blending of like this could easily be a like written as like a thriller but yeah. they're kind of writing it in this like 
it's a comedy and a thriller and kind of a romantic a little bit because yeah. there's like, like some interest there. The premise to me, like when you give it, to, it sounds very Squid Game, right? Yeah. Like this dystopian like look at our crazy capitalist society and how it drives people to the edge and like a commentary on that. But that's not what this movie's really caring about as much. It's more about like, wouldn't it be funny if Andy Samberg tried to get you to go into this dark web game where you <laughs> yeah, have to exactly. not die and you have to run into a bathroom to not die because <laughs> yes. your buddy went it to feels go like, poop in the middle of the night. It feels like it is like this like ev- evolution of the Lonely Island, like SNL, like digital short and just like make it a full length movie, right? Honestly, 100%. I can definitely see this as like a three to four minute short on like SNL. But I'm so happy that it's a like ninety minute movie or whatever it is, yeah. and it's really cool that it's like coming from Jake Johnson that he's directing this, he's writing it, he's starring it. He really believes in it, right? Right. And he got it to go to a festival. It went to South by Southwest and got picked up by Hulu, so it has a distributor. So like people believe in this thing yeah. more than just like oh, it's the guy from New Girl and he wrote a weird comedy, yeah. right? The only thing that makes me nervous about this, I think this trailer looks great. I think based on all the factors inherent in this movie, I'm into it. I'm sold. What makes me nervous is that there was another comedy that came out that was like a comedian actor that I love that did his own like writing, directing, mm-hmm. being a part of this thing. And that was Charlie Day's oh, Fool's, uh, Paradise? Fool's Paradise. Did you watch it? And that was critically panned. I never even got to see it's it. And everyone now. said it's terrible. And so now I'm like, shit, is this like not a good is setup for people? Fool's Paradise? But I hope not. I don't know. I never saw Fool's Paradise either. I'm still intrigued by it, and I'll probably watch it eventually. It's on Hulu yeah, now. But everyone just like immediately was like, "It's, it's so bad. bad." And then it was but out was of like, theaters oh, in like two weeks. Yeah, and I was like, "Okay." I mean, I didn't expect everyone to be like, "This is amazing," but I expected like, "Oh, you know, Charlie's funny." Like, uh-huh. you know, nice try, Charlie, at least, right? But yeah. everyone, it felt like everyone was very much like, "Don't go see that." Yeah. Even like movies like Pop Star, right, where it was the whole Lonely Island crew doing it. Uh, and got critically acclaimed, it still bombed in the box office, right? Yeah. So, like, these types of movies are harder sell. So that's why I think maybe it will have a better it's, life on streaming. It'll have a better life on Hulu, for right? sure, yeah. So I'm excited for it. Um, You know, and even if it's bad, I feel like, hey, whatever, I didn't even have to go to the theater and waste my time buying popcorn there. I just stayed at home. Yeah, totally. I feel like it's a safe streaming movie. Oh, for sure. And, I mean, I just think... You already, like, have so much chemistry on screen with Jake Johnson, Anna Kendrick, Andy Samberg, like... Yeah, and Jake Johnson and Anna Kendrick were in another movie where they were, like, romantic leads together, I think. It was, like, one of those Duplass Bros movies where, like, it's mostly improv or something like that. I don't know. I don't like those kind of movies. I don't know. I tried one of them and I gave up on it halfway through and then I said I don't like these (laughs) kind of movies, so (laughs) it was one of those. Um, But this movie does look fun. I'm excited to see it. It reminds me kind of of, like, this thriller called nerve from like 2016 where the idea was like you have to like play a perpetual game of truth or dare with like these evil guys on like the dark web or something which like it looks stupid because that kind of movie was like a teeny bopper movie or something like that for like the younger hip audience and it just didn't appeal to me but this does appeal to me i'm excited i hope it's good and if it's not oh well let's get off my back right yeah I just hope, and it's more for Jake Johnson. Like, I do feel like Charlie Day's, like, cultural stock went down a little bit after that movie got so much, like, backlash. I feel like his stock always lives in It's Always Sunny, right? He was in Pacific Rim and Pacific Rim 2, and apparently he's, like, an evil twist villain in Pacific Rim 2. (laughs) And nobody liked Pacific Rim 2 or even saw it. Guillermo del Toro didn't come back for Pacific Rim 2, but Charlie Day did. So, you know what? 
he still gets to be the the spaceship guy from yeah. the Lego movies. Right? But I just I just want to protect Jake Johnson at all costs. That's what I care about. He gets to be I Peter B. Parker gets... no matter what. Though. Yeah, absolutely. For sure, for sure, for sure. Or he's still coming back for Spider Verse three. Oh yeah. Bring it always bring it back to Spider Man. Oh yeah. <laughs> Alright, Ryan. Well, we've reached the last trailer on today's episode, which is so sad. I feel like we just talked about Three, three great trailers. Yeah, I mean, this is—it feels weird, right? Because this is the last trailer of the of the, year. of the year, and we had so much time off because of the stupid I strikes. Know, I know. This is our first normal episode well, we'll, back. We'll be back in our rhythm early twenty twenty four. Well, we first after we get the previews, right? It's, yeah. So it's it's like a little stint of like normalcy before we're back into award season. My favorite season. It's the best season. Well, because we won't have the time to get to it with our previewing nominations coming out episode in January. We're going to talk about an early February release right now, which is Argyle. And this is oh, from cool. director Matthew Vaughn, who you know, uh, directing the Kingsman franchise. All three of them. Uh, setting up, uh, doing X-Men First Class as well. Movies like Kick-Ass. And so this very, like, interesting combo of, like, action and comedy yeah. uh, together. Uh, this movie comes out on February 2nd and stars Henry Cavill, Bryce Dallas Howard, Sam Rockwell, Brian Cranston, Catherine O'Hara, Dua Lipa, or Dula Peep, uh, Ariana DeBose, John Cena, and Samuel L. Jackson. A real, like, all-star cast here. Yeah. Like, this is a great roster. Um, and so this kind of looks like... It's definitely set up in this, like, elite, like, high espionage, like, world. Very similar to Kingsman. But it also is, like, hints of that Sandra Bullock movie, uh, The Lost City. The Lost City, where, like, or there's this like author Stranger than Fiction writing about stuff. Like, Bryce Dallas Howard is this, like spy novelist but then she gets swept up in like the reality of all these spy organizations because what she's writing about is somehow like actually actually happening or connected to real life even though she thinks she's just writing like these fun little novels these actual big like spy organizations need her like intel i need the next chapter but it's like why like she's just coming up with shit off the top of her head unless that's like the twist is like somehow she's been brainwashed and she actually knows all these secrets like what if she's gone deep inside her or something i mean that could be a twist that matthew vaughn <laughs> probably wouldn't shy away from the I don't twisted even know. mind of yeah. matthew vaughn as the trailer tells so us. that is the funniest part to me is this trailer like the movie looks good. I'll see it. I like King's movie, movies, but I do kind of like to clown on this trailer a little bit because it's kind of like generic and like cheesy. A little, it looks like a little a fun bit, action you know. comedy, right? Yeah, but it it's like, like the... it doesn't do anything. This trailer doesn't do anything that I haven't already seen in like a bunch of other trailers. Right. But then it says like the very first thing is like from the twisted mind of Matthew Vaughn. Like, okay, I guess like, yeah, it was kind of funny when like, Mark Strong got blown up to Country Roads Take Me Home or like Colin Firth shoots up a church to Freebird. But or like when uh Christopher Mintz is named the bad motherfucker. Also it's ass. like this is just stuff that's been like duplicated in Hollywood for like years and years and years. Like it's not doesn't feel all that like twisted quote true. unquote anymore. I do think he has like a fresh take on a lot of things, right? That's like, true. At when Kick Ass came out, it was a fresh take on the superhero genre. When First Class came out, it was like a revitalization of the X Men yeah, franchise. Uh, I don't think revitalized. I don't think it's necessarily genre. Matthew Vaughn watering it down. I think people look at Matthew Vaughn. Well, Matthew Vaughn looks at Guy Ritchie, and then people look at Matthew Vaughn, and then like imitation comes out exactly. of that, right? Um, but it still looks fun. The cat is very like central to this. I don't know what role that cat will play, I don't get but what's going on? They're with the very cat. into the cat. It's like some weird CGI cat in a trampoline, <laughs> which um, is fun. But, I don't know, I love this cast. Uh, whenever Brian Cranston shows up, it's like, oh look, it's Walter White, how fun. <laughs> I love Brian Cranston, honestly. 
a Sam Rockwell is also a hidden gem, I feel Oh, like. absolutely. Like, Iron Man 2 is not a good movie, but Sam Rockwell in Iron Man 2 is a great performance. Yes. So, Argyle looks cool, even if the trailer feels, like, a little... Tyler, it says from the twisted mind of Matthew Vaughn. I just have to know, do you think Matthew Vaughn said, make sure it says from the twisted mind of Matthew Vaughn? (laughs) I don't even know. I think that's got to be, like, a studio marketing thing. Okay, but you look at the studios that produce this, and one of them is Marv, which is Matthew Vaughn's production studio. Yes, I know. The other one is Apple, which is weird. I didn't expect that. And Or do you think it's just the trailer editors who are like, this is funny. I don't know. I don't even know how that comes about. But, you know, it it looks fun, but like I, I said. Excited, but it doesn't look like anything that's going to be mind-blowing or anything like that, right? But, but then it's like, then the whole trailer revolves around this, like, once you know the secret. And, like, there's a secret. And they're, like, about to reveal, time for you to meet the real Agent Argyle. And then we don't actually show him in the trailer. And everyone goes, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Like, there's this big... Yeah. It's, like, setting up this big, like, reveal. And so maybe there is more to this movie once we actually see it. And they're just trying to, like, play their cards a little close to their chest. Or maybe it's just but, Harry Styles. Oh, my gosh. It would be some shit like that. <laughs> it's just Henry Cavill in, like, a blonde wig. It looks like one of those fun type of movies like Bullet Train or something. Like a fun, light action comedy where you enjoy yourself for like an hour and a half to two hours. And you can watch it once and then it pops up on streaming and you go, that was kind of fun. And you watch half of it and you fall asleep. And that's all you'll ever have to deal with it ever again. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, I, I hope it's good. Like I've wanted to rewatch Kingsman a few times. I think those there's some like, I like all three original of the stuff Kingsman in there. Movies. Um, so I hope there's some some good stuff out of it, but First the trailer is, is really what makes it feel to me is like this feels very generic. Like the scene on yes. the train where he rescues her, that's a scene out of Bullet Train. Mm-hmm. Then they like go over and do this other thing, that's a scene out of like Mission Impossible, or like mm-hmm. you know what I mean. Like yeah. everything feels very much just or like spy. a new skin of like uh-huh. some other like espionage thriller action comedy film that has been released over the last like five to ten, 10 years. Yeah. yeah. Um. So with that being said, Ryan, I thought that you and I could also have some inspiration and write some like generic trailer setups. Um, but maybe we could creatively help each other fill it in. Okay. And so, uh, I've asked you to prepare and I've also prepared a movie trailer Mad Lib okay. where we're going to go through and get whatever the like parts of speech are needed to complete this uh, movie trailer. And you know, whether it's like, I don't know how you set yours up. Mine's kind of like, it almost is like functions as like a pitch of like what the movie is about. I don't know if this is like a voiceover of the trailer or like whatever it is, but it's just kind of setting you up for the the feel of it. But the Mad Lib aspect might may or may not make it so that this movie could actually be produced and like sellable. We'll see. We'll see. I remind more of like a like you know like the honest trailer things where they're like and the like from the blank. Blank, blank. Yeah. You know, I don't know. You'll you'll see when we do it. Let's go ahead and just dive into it. I think it'll make more sense for our listeners if we just go ahead and do it. Okay, so should we get our parts of speech first? Or should, should do you want to do, like, I get your parts of speech and then I read my Mad Lib and then... Do you know what I'm let's saying? Just do, let's just go back and forth with parts of speech and then we'll each read our full Oh, okay. Lists. I like that. Okay. So I'll start since I think I have more blanks for you. Uh, so I need an adjective, Tyler. Mm, let's see. An adjective, I will go... Uh, Small. Okay. Uh, well, you'll go ahead and grab that. <laughs> Ryan, next. for your first blank, I need a year that is in the past. Uh, 1982. Okay. Great. Okay. Uh, Tyler, I need an actor or an actress. So who's it going to be in this movie? Lin-Manuel Miranda. Okay. 
Okay, Ryan, next I need a location, but not like a specific location. Think like it could be anywhere from like neighborhood up to like okay. a state. Okay. Um, so more broad than specific. a broader than like, not like school, but like San Diego. Okay. Okay. Um, I'm going to say, um, the democratic Republic of the Congo. I like it. I like it. Uh, Tyler, I need a verb for you. Um, like in infinitive, like to like, I blank you or this person blanks them. Oh, okay. Um, Vandal vandalizes. Okay. Vandalize. Yeah. yeah. Okay, Ryan, I need a plural noun. Um socks. Fantastic. I need a singular noun from you, Tyler. Key. Key. Okay. Um, next I need an adjective from you. Wet. Perfect. I'll need an adjective from you as well, Tyler. Smelly. Oh, that's a good one. I need a number from you, Ryan. Zero. Um, I need another actor for you, Tyler. Or actress. Who's the co-star? Co-starring... Emily Blunt. Ooh, nice. And, it's just Mary Poppins um, Returns now. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> um... Okay, I need another number from you. I don't know why I chose so many numbers. Uh, 40. 40. Just four zero. Uh, I need an adjective that ends with L-Y. Okay, um, quickly. Okay. Like, adverb? Does that work? I'll make it work. Okay. Um, go ahead. Um, I need another noun. Um, drug. I'll need, uh, the name of a director from you. Um, director... I'm trying to think about just like not directors I just have seen movies from. Let's go with Denis Villeneuve. Oh, okay. Um, I'm also gonna need a director from you, Ava DuVernay. All right. Um, I'll need an adverb from you, Tyler. I'm trying to think of my Schoolhouse Rock. And is a verb that modifies an adjective. Mm-hmm. Um, greatly. Okay. Okay. I need an adjective from you next. Um, inquisitive. Love it. I need a genre from you, Tyler. Science fiction. Okay. And then I need an actress from you. Um, I'll say Miranda Cosgrove. And I'll need an adjective from you, Tyler. Let's see another adjective. Um. Brown. Okay. Okay. And lastly, Ryan, I just need a noun from you, and this is the title of this fictional film, so... Oh, okay, a title, um... But it's just a noun. Just one word noun? A one word noun. Okay, um... Brothers. Okay, great. Or does that have to be a singular brother? So, brother. Brother. Okay, I have a one... (laughs) Five more for you, Tyler. So oh my gosh. Go. <laughs> okay, rapid fire. Um, a group of people. Like, army? Okay. If I said uh, soldiers, is that... Yeah, great. Okay. okay. Like an occupation or something? Uh, that's a little different. I do need an okay. occupation, though, so I'll take that right now. Nurse. Okay, and now an animal? Parrot. Okay, and a verb? Slay. 
Okay. That's funny. Um, and lastly, another adjective. Smooth. Ooh, okay. All right. Uh, do you want to go first, or should I go first? Uh, I'll read mine. Oh, wait. Do you want to name your movie? Why not? Sure. You did, you did that. That was fun. Let's call it... Coffins. Okay. Nice. Okay. Well, here's, your here's the pitch of your of this trailer, okay? In the year 1982, a terrible curse was wrought upon the land of the Democratic Republic of the Congo. Oh, no. Socks went missing. A wet flood washed homes away. Oh, nice. A total of zero fires broke out throughout the surrounding area. That's good, that's good. Now, 40 years later, all hope for salvation relies on one girl and the drug she carries with her, the only known object that can restore her homeland. What is the drug? Coming next year, from acclaimed director Ava DuVernay comes the story of how even an inquisitive person can change the world. Oh, nice. Starring Miranda Cosgrove. Yeah. Brother. <laughs> That's pretty good. I like it. I like it. Okay. It's pretty good. I don't know. Is Miranda supposed to be from the Democratic Republic of the Congo? That feels like problematic casting to no, me. No, she's the white savior, Tyler. Gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> all right. All right. Here we go. Uh, this movie is called Coffins. Uh, this summer, get ready to meet the small superhero. Lin-Manuel Miranda suits up to vandalize the key, led by smelly villain played by none other than Emily Blunt. Okay. From the quick director, Vinnie Delaneu comes a greatly new take on the sci-fi genre. Joined by a brown cast of soldiers on their quest to slay the day, you won't believe the smooth plot that keeps you guessing if our hero is actually a nurse or just a parent. Wow. Coffins. I love it. Summer 2024. I love it. I love it. I don't love the brown cast of soldiers. Hey, I didn't know that. <laughs> I didn't you could have said it can't be a color. I... I didn't want to pigeonhole you. Um, but hey, maybe both our movies are problematic, and maybe that's In the why. best ways. And that's why they're going to make millions of dollars. At least in uh, certain crowds. For sure. We'll get some money, right? So, uh, Denny Villeneuve, Eva DuVernay, hit us up. They're totally unproblematic. They would never They would never create something <laughs> that would be so problematic. All right. Well, that was a lot of fun, Tyler. We should do more Mad Libs in this, the future. Yeah, this was great. But, Ryan, as our episode comes to a close, I do have to ask you the two questions we always use to end this podcast. Which of the trailers we talked about today is your favorite, and which movie we talked about today are you most excited to see? Um, I think both of those... Oh, no. I think my favorite trailer is Argyle. Um, But okay. I think the movie I'm most excited to see is actually The Color Purple. Okay. I'm curious right. about it. My favorite trailer, I think, is actually Self-Reliance. Nice. So I'm going to toss a vote that way. I don't know, last time we had one that got, like, three different movies got a vote. That's well, maybe is, is it going to be four? But, no. The movie I'm most excited to see is not Mean Girls. It is The Color Purple. There we go. Sure. Okay. So, Color, Color Purple, Purple does come out on top this time, but I'm surprised you say Argyle is your favorite trailer. I feel like I we were found on it a little bit, but I it's a fun, fun trailer. It, that played uh, Suspicious Minds. I'm a yeah, simple man. That's true. Play Suspicious Minds. I'm interested. I'm sold. I'm sold. <laughs> Well, what a fun episode. Um, if you like this episode, maybe you've listened to all of our other ones, but if you haven't, maybe go give them a listen. They, what? There's like they get normal like them, right? go back like three or four episodes and there's more like normal stuff. It's it's weird if you've only listened to our like pandemic stuff. Or not or pandemic, strike, or strike stuff. stuff. Or even if you've only listened to the pandemic stuff and then you just jump back in during the strike, I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> just everything's all messed up. Uh, you can also find Preview Review or me and Ryan on social media, Instagram and Twitter. And then you can also follow Ryan and I on Letterboxd, uh, which is a fun app where we get to like write and review True. M- movies. Uh, I think I'm R2 on Letterboxd. More, more length. 
RTHU. You know, we can talk about movies that we watch there that yeah. we don't talk about in the podcast. So yeah, you can look at our lists. I love the list feature. Uh, I love listing. I love listing on Letterbox. It's, it's a great pastime. So. Thanks for listening, and thanks for joining me, Ryan. Thanks this for having lovely. me back. I love being on the pod, Tyler. What do you mean you're always on the pod? I know, it's great! Alright, well, have a happy holiday and a great new year. Here's to the end of 2023. A, a mixed bag of a year. mixed bag of a year, to be sure. Uh, and uh, we'll see you all in January for our previewees nominations episode. Let's go! Thank you and good night. Bye.